Folks, welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show, company on Power Talk. Thank you so much for making us part of your day today. And uh, we've already heard from a couple of Cosmic Cats already, uh, Simona Singer uh, in New York, uh, and then uh, a, a tremendous advocate for creatives and music uh, and uh, sponsoring uh, virtual uh, concerts uh, during this t- the pandemic, uh, Vito Ronaldo. And I get a chance now to speak to somebody who, you know, she just strikes me as somebody who just lays it out there every time uh, when performing live. She leaves it all on the stage. And I would gander to say that, uh, that she uh, most likely um, – played every live show as if it was a matter of life and death, meaning that uh, it could be, every show could be her last. And so it'd be interesting to know how she's doing during this time of uh, this abbreviated or extended pause in live Mm -hmm. communal spiritual music, um, because as painful as it is for rogue journalists like myself and patrons who uh, cannot heal dis-ease from live music, live communal spiritual music. Uh, for so many of the uh, artists, um, it is their yoga uh, on the bandstand, and uh, that has been so cruelly taken away from them because of this novel virus. But uh get a chance today to speak to um, a divine being, Carla Werner. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the mm-hmm. Jake Feinberg Show. Oh, thank you, Jake. It's an honor to be here and um, to be invited to speak with you well it's my honor um i can you talk about carla a memory when you realized that when you got out of your own way or got out of you know removed your ego that <laughs> you became a conduit for the music coming through you from the heavens yeah uh, y- Yes, it's so funny uh, about ego because I, I think it's probably contributes to you know what what a lot of the discourse that we see on the planet at the moment. Absolutely. Um, and and that's the biggest fight I think that we as individuals have, uh, you know, on the planet is is really just to sort of sort out the inner turmoil ourselves. And that's the big, biggest sort of spiritual work is to work with ego because almost it's it's um, it's been supplanted by, you know, modern civilization and almost doesn't have a place to go. So I think it's just out there running rife in a lot of people and probably needs to be real back in. Um, in terms of ego and music, I think when I was sort of in my, you know, early 20s, I was very precious uh, about music and um, my songs and you know them you know being this kind of holding them almost like they were golden eggs perhaps that had a lot to do with my young ego you know at that time as I got older um, it just sort of yeah I don't I never really I don't feel like I really even had there, there really is no place for it when you're creating music and songs anyway because what you're actually you know, as you say, being a conduit um, for universal energy that is just coming through you, I think the more alive you are to receive that and the cleaner that you are to receive that, then you get the, the, the just the clear picture and so the song is there without that. Um, it's just the brain, how it goes, 
when you might be touring or you might be doing press or you end up talking about yourself, it's those moments that's more that sort of present more of a challenge. But the music kind of remains pure and untouched in that sense. I think, yeah, so the the only egotistical thing I would say was when I was younger and my, you know, as I sort of started out songwriting was the preciousness that I held, you know, in the material. But then as you get older, mm-hmm. you realise the music doesn't really belong to you. You're just a conduit, you know, so you're releasing, it comes through, and you have the ability to uh, translate and then you release it, you know, so. Right, no, I mean, can you talk about an example when you recognized, when you surrendered to that and um, were able to sit in the mess and um, uh-huh. allow it, you know, what was there, is there a distinct memory of you letting go of that of that yeah. need for perfection and, and just basically, gee, yeah, like just being, allowing it to come through you from the heavens. Um, yeah, it probably was when I got dropped by Sony, actually, <laughs> Columbia Records. <laughs> On that first record that I made with them, um, you know, it, you know, it met with some critical acclaim, but, um, you know, the, the, the great, the great, you know, that particular easement of, music industry was over the team that I had around me to you know nurture me through had disappeared so it kind of left me with this bewilderment and just like holy shit you know that can be over in a second and that was a good clink in the old ego armor yeah well (laughs) no I mean no but I mean like yeah like that's more about the the you know what society says (laughs) you use critical acclaim you know, I'm talking more about the idea of, you know what it is? Did you feel on that, regardless of how it was received or, I mean, uh, you're not the first creative, uh, you know, sort of healer to ha- be dropped from a big record label. Did, did, did you feel that, 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 that you're, that you, that your real voice came through on that album or were you, you know, sort of was it transformed into something that was trying to be more commercial? I mean, did you feel like it was authentic? I think that's all that matters. Yeah. I don't think it yeah. matters whether you got dropped or whether you signed a, a 10 year deal. I mean, it's, it's a matter of saying, when did you really own your own individual voice? Yeah. Yeah. I always have, I, I guess that's mm-hmm. why I was confused by the question because for me, I, I, I don't ever, I've never created with, you know, thinking that I needed to write something for other people. It's just always been my own heart message, you know, that's really at the core of who I've been, you know, in terms of like a songwriter my whole entire life, you know. Um, So I don't feel as though ego's really played a part, you know, in anything. I think that, yeah, that first record, I was still discovering my voice and I I'm one of those artists, I suppose, that can do multi-genre, um, you know, uh, songwriting. So for me, it was just I had a lot of choices internally, uh, and it was just a matter of picking something where I was at that time. But yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I never felt that. You know, I never felt like I was kind of, you know, oh, I've got to write like this, or I have to sort of, <clears throat> you know, sound in this way or whatever I was just doing me you know totally. and uh, yeah so it was uh, that was you know that's always like I said that's kind of always been that pure sort of untouched place when you go into a world of writing music it's really you and the universe you know you're not 
you, I, I get, I, I forget what the bloody time is. I could sit in the <laughs> studio for 10 hours and just like tinker away. You know, I'm just involved in it so wholeheartedly. And I feel that way about when I perform material as well. Like, here's my soul, you know, like I, this is, you know, this is the truth of it. You know, this is what we are. We, you know, we're humans. We're highly energetic beings. We, you know, and I just happen to be gifted with the ability to write material and to be able to then translate it as I as I desire on a stage, on a record. I mean, that's a huge blessing. That's massive. You know, I've always been very aware of that. Always. Like, uh, just if. Uh... How comfortable are you? I mean, the music that I love is uh, instrumental. It, 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 sing, I have nothing wrong. I love good songs, singer songs. I love that stuff. But the um, the motto that I have is the is um, for a band that I get off on is they never play the same song the same way once. You know, meaning that it's not a formula trip, that the solos right. are different every time. That's and right. then there's also the, the, the old so- Socrates uh, riff where he said, you must know what you don't know, because when you get in that space, stuff comes through you and people say, yeah. well, how did that happen? And you're like, I have no idea. Yeah, that's right. Can you talk, can, <laughs> can you, can you talk about a time like in your career when you were on stage and, 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 and then people were coming up to you after the show and they were saying, How'd you, and you're like, I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You know, I wish that in my career I'd actually done a lot more touring. I've done a lot of one-off shows and such, um, but it's absolutely that, you know. Um, that is another uh, energetic sphere um, that, you know, one gets to participate in. Um, and have this like true ultra pure connection to source and I think I really do believe that you know when you are on a stage you're just completely you know you open when the nerves subside and you open you know you you you're compelled to go on the stage in the first place you're compelled to write music you're compelled to write songs I've known from a very young age I was a singer so that proved to me that I had the power inside of myself to be able to go forth and do that and it's always astonishing when you're on stage and you can just pull these things out of you know anywhere and you can just take the song to another level I mean I'll never forget I was at the Viper Room playing on Sunset in yeah. LA when I was living there you know and yeah. I um, I was there for 20 years actually I just came back to New Zealand in September last year but right. I was with a great band I had uh, Milo de Cruz I had um, Josh Grange um, and I had uh, Anthony Zamidi on drums and we were playing a song that we kind of, you know, we'd, we'd done before but, um, you know, I just kind of felt this incredible surge of energy while I was on the stage with these guys because I was completely comfortable with what they were doing which gave me the perfect platform to be able to sort of just pop, you know, and that's really the word that I can you know, expresses is just popping up into and like up leveling into another level of consciousness, a higher level of consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a trip. And I've had that so many times and you know, it's funny, Jake, I haven't done a lot of touring in the last few years um, because, um, you know, I just, it just worked out that way. I'd been doing other things and we'd done, you know, random shows, but 
not a lot of tours. I mean, the last tour I did was here in New Zealand in January with my bass player, Alison Wonderland, who works with me on the Native Soul Project. But uh, And that was amazing. Um, but I'm always worried and concerned that if I do too many shows, I'm not going to be able to conjure that power, you know? And <laughs> Well, I <laughs> think, gonna... I, you know what, I think i, I got to be honest. I, I will say to you that that your fear is unfounded because the more that you well and it has to be with a, a group of people like the ones you were playing with at the viper room where you have mm -hmm. a huge amount of trust um yeah. amongst the group and you're all operating on the same spiritual frequency but yeah. but yeah, yeah i don't i I'm, i i really believe with it, it's infinite well yeah. i also think that that i i, I tend to think that um, I just have a big problem um, now with modern recorded music just because we have the technology to make it so perfect that yeah, yeah. Um, it sucks all the soul out of it. I mean, to me, um, you know, I hearken back to the best music was when, you know, not every drum on the kit was mic'd. Uh, maybe yeah. there was one <laughs> mic for the horn section. I mean, the point is, I don't have a problem with leakage. Yeah. It, to me, do you, yeah. can you talk about the philosophy um, of, of that imperfection is perfection? Do you believe that? Oh, absolutely. I absolutely. But I've been one of those people that you know probably fallen victim to that, you know, a little bit of perfectionism when it comes to recording. Yeah, I mean, look, some of my favorite, you know, um, recordings that are like, I think about the Beatles, I just, that came to mind when yeah. you were saying that, you know, and they bloody four tracks, you know, oh. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, that just goes to show you that, yeah, I think that there's, um, particularly now in, in the pop arena, absolutely, you know, it's a schmick production. Um, well, I mean, you can also like everything. So, I mean, the thing like to connect with you, I mean, you're just one of the cats anyway. I haven't seen you perform, but I know that like, you know, you have always just tried to be yourself. And I just know that I can't listen to pop music. Mainly, there's a couple of reasons, but one of them, the rhythm is, I mean, it's all quantized. It's all straight up and down. So it's not yeah. the angular rhythm that I need in order to let the body dance. But the thing is that mm. I also know that there are people that are being propped up as pop stars and they couldn't even, I mean, you, you, you talk about <laughs> wanting to create that essence. You know, you're, you're worried that if you go on tour too much that you're not going to be able to find that spirit every night. But yeah. there are people that can't even go and perform live and they're being propped up as... Yeah heroes yeah. of pop music and so like that lack of authenticity yeah. if people can't detect that uh then then we're really then 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 that's what then we're in yeah. then it's all zombies at that point well, you know so I mean, well, well and and that's exactly right because that is just a fallout from what we've you know uh, what we are becoming you know in this digitized you know world the way that the society is set up with with big business is is you know running amok you know and um, you know, I really hope that there's, uh, you know, an ascension from that old way of thinking. It's a crypto, it's clip, kleptocracy Absolutely. is what it is. Absolutely. You know, take, Hoarding. Take for yeah. the self. Right, right, you know? right. No, and, 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 yeah, that's right. Go ahead. Yeah, collect, collect resources, collect, uh, you know, human energy now. I mean, you know, it's actually the most um, 
well, I was watching Social Dilemma. I'm sure you've seen it as well, but that was an alarming documentary to I watch. Have not, I don't, you know? I don't, I, you know, I, I only talk to cosmic people. I do not watch any, no, I don't. Oh, I, I love, I love that. Because yeah, you know what, it, it's, it, you know what it is? Like, this is a real time. To me, like, it's about finding this um, reservoir. I mean, did you learn, yeah. did you learn from an early age, maybe because of, could be trauma it could be um just being in solitude or your own um sort of maybe your own discipline but did you can you talk to the audience i think there's so many people uh, women and men that you know basically um <laughs> they're living in the um in the thinking mind and mm -hmm. the monkey mind and they can't and because of the distractions now they can't drop from their head to their heart into what I call the primordial mm -hmm. gut or the soul. And I, mm -hmm. and I feel like just talking to you that you learned whether or not you knew what yoga was or what meditation was, you learned mm -hmm. how to access your multidimensional self from being a young girl. And I wanted you to talk about if that's true and if so, how you, how you got there, because that no matter what, I mean, at the end of the day, spirit, is the only currency that counts. Mm -hmm. and absolutely. I, so, so if you can talk, how did you how did you learn to drop into your into your soul? Uh, I think it, it goes in levels. You know, I think that as you say, when you're younger, you hit the trauma. You know, you have this kind of well. I had a pretty idyllic life as a kid. You know, growing up on a beautiful farm in New Zealand, and you know, then you have the trauma of um, you know adult humans around you um, and then and then you you go through you go through um, the course of that you know whatever that that stress was and how much of attention it becomes inside of the body uh, is really up to you I think I've always felt um, that I've always felt a pull towards the spiritually inclined like I've, I've studied a little bit about you know the Vedas and I have done mm -hmm. meditation I've mm. been doing yoga since I was 23 years old so um, you know, I, I've always kind of aligned myself with uh, the stillness and connection to source, um, you know, or God or energy, omnipresence, whatever you want to call it. But it's definitely, I think, the, the hardest work um, and the most important um, work is the work we do on our spirit, you know, and the work we do on our experience on this planet, which is is, is highly charged um, with, you know, the, the senses are completely getting pinged all the time, you know, how we respond to things that come up in our day-to-day -day, um, is, is uh, you know, is work. It's work, you know, someone might do something that pisses you off, you know, and however you react to that, you know, it's work. It's sort of like we have to take responsibility for our inner turmoil. So how I've done that is really just, you know, base my life on trying to stay in alignment with my true self, with my true essence, um, which I believe is connected to everyone and everything. You know, it doesn't always, you know, mean that I make the right decisions. I've made some stupid decisions and done some stupid things. But the work, the, I'm doing the work on myself. You know, I actually quit drinking three years ago, so I can say that that was another level of you know, I, I'd had enough of just being in that zombified you know, state, <laughs> as you said, you know, mm -hmm. like, and I thought, no, man, if you're going to write material like I've been writing for this Native Soul record, you, you need to be able to walk your talk, 
you know, there's a level of authenticity that you're not bringing through because you're still here drinking, you know, this bottle of wine or whatever it is. You know, we've all got our crutches. Absolutely. Uh, tra trauma sets us into those spaces and we can, you know, some of us are more addictive than others. But I would say that nutrition, constant exercise, sleep, like go back to the basics, you know, like and align yourself in that way. You're a human being, a human being having an experience on the planet you know so while you're here I for me uh, my greatest goal is not to have the best record not to write the best music not to you know be the best at whatever my goal ultimately and always has been and I don't know why but I think I was just incarnated this way I just feel like it's about um, really clearing my spirit, you know, and really getting closer to source. And maybe that has something to do with, okay, I'm readying myself for the ultimate, which is the death, you know, the death of Carla Werner in this body and this life. You know, maybe that's what, maybe that's why I'm compelled towards it because so that I'm easing the transition as I get closer to that whenever that, whenever that is. But um, yeah, I've always had a sense that I've, I miss home, you know, I, I miss something, you know, in, on, on this planet, you know, in these experiences, there's a sense of, oh, I miss home, you know, and I I, I listen to Journey of Souls sometimes and I go, holy shit, you know, that really makes a lot of sense <laughs> to me, you know. Um, That's great. Yeah. I mean, no, I, Carla, this is important because there's people, um, I've interviewed, obviously, many musicians over the last 10 years, but I guess just yeah. because of the, of the, of the, the gravitational shift in the world going mm. on that I've just been reaching out to mm. a lot of divine healers uh, in different types of modalities, not necessarily music. And mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to know if there was a point in your life when you felt like um, it was not worth living anymore and you were going to check out. And then the universe basically said, no, Carla, um, this is not your time. You are, there are many reasons for you to be here because when I hear you talk about transcending the cycle of birth and death, mm -hmm. um, I already feel like, you know, we all have our habitual nature that we're working on mm -hmm. in the hope that we can mm -hmm. kind of come to peace with it or overcome it, uh, in order to not mm -hmm. have to work on that stuff in the next lifetime. Mm -hmm. But even talking to you now, I feel like you've already, been cultivating that and so mm -hmm. um i just wonder if you I, I you know i i have had friends i've lost friends i've lost my best friend to the virus itself i also have mm -hmm. had creatives that um i was a good that i was friends with that have just uh checked out walked into the desert uh and and checked out uh you know and, and so this i don't want to lose people mm -hmm. that are essential human human animals human beings and uh mm. and i just wanted to know if if there was a point when you actually considered you know taking your life mm -hmm. and and if 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 there was uh some kind of divine or universal message that um brought you back and and said no you 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 your life here is you have many chapters to live mm. um that's the exact reason why I've never been tempted off the edge, you know, because as hard as it does get, and I can't speak for anybody else's life or how their brain is wired to, you know, 
be able to deal with that onset of darkness when it comes because I too have had quite a few friends who've suicided and you know just checked out see you later this is too damn hard right right um you know and uh, there's no judgment on my part absolutely mm. for that at all because I get it you know there's been some moments where yeah I've had some real heavy uh some heaviness on myself but but could never bring myself to do how, can you anything. talk about a specific example and then how you how you overcame it and and how it made you stronger i just say that that is important yeah. it's important for people to hear um yeah. they you know specifically what was so heavy on on you and then mm. how you worked through it so that that you just were like you know cuz there's the, you know people grieve the loss of people they're close to but they also say was it really worth that bad? Like really, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I yeah. just, I'm curious about yeah. how, if you could talk about a specific weight that how you at least relieved yourself of that burden and and then, and then ultimately how it made you stronger. Yeah. Um, it's very easy. I think being a sensitive human being, and I believe we all are regardless if you're an artist or Absolutely. not, um, to, uh, whether the um, the inner storms that come up when they do, and sometimes those storms uh, don't pass, um, and but it's very easy for the human brain to get uh, wiring going on, you know, uh, with messaging that is completely outmoded, and I think I was just. Got to a, I got to a point in my own life where I got heavy with, um, you know, with stuff I'd been carrying around, just self-belief about self and, you know, just um, dr drinking, you know, way too much. And, and, of course, the drink, alcohol is a depressant, you know, and it keeps you on this um, awesome, uh, you know, roller coaster of a ride, you know, so you can never really truly come to terms with what, you know, beast you're actually dealing with, but um, I just, I think for me, I'd gotten to a point where I was just sick uh, and tired of carrying uh, past around, because, you know, we collect that, you know, and I think we can also allow our, ourselves to be consumed by that, you know, and as a sensitive human, you know, you know, you can, you can actually run the risk of, um, you know, perpetuating that into something and just making it a constant kind of, you know, neurological habit, you know. So for me, uh, I got to what I felt was the bottom. And um, <laughs> the interesting thing is it's really all about perception, how you see it, right. you know. That's right. Um, because fear is, 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 is the ego going, hey, you know, I'm – I, I don't want that. I'm, I need you to. Pro I need to be protected. I, I I need this controlled environment, or you know, just continually messaging you with whatever mantra it is on. You know that you're actually dealing with that. You know something you told yourself when you were a kid, or whatever happened to you. I don't know. Gosh, there's so many stories, but I just had kind of got to a point where I was just um, I combusted. You know, I was at the the bottom of, um, you know, just of 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 what you know my personal baggage beasts that i've been carrying around and so i decided that sobriety um would help me you mm. know i think that having a clear mind and a clean vessel 
would help me and I went very quiet for three months when I decided to you know not drink anymore as an escape route because I you know it's sort of like you, you can take the drugs or you can take the alcohol and it staves off doing the work but it just staves it off you never actually go through and do the work so unless you actually like deal with that and face it head on and then you realize what the hell was I afraid of in the first place why was I feeling so shit you know you couldn't even think straight because you're being um, your you know your body and your your brain are being influenced by a poison and so when you do clean you, yourself up and you you stay off the grog and you, and you get clear at least for 3 months you just come into this beautiful sense of of true being you know like it actually is like really clear it's like i actually am who i i, I say i am you know like i actually hadn't i mean i started drinking when i was 14 not heavily but um so, you know, to be, I've, I've come back to being sober, you know, as to when I was 14 years old, it feels incredible because the decisions I make, the fears that come up, the challenges that come up with life, and they will always come up regardless of how much work you do spiritually, they're going to because this is, we live in the yin-yang, you know, I, I often think, God, it would be lovely to have a world of, you know, people that just got on and, you know, we, the relevance of what's happening now on the planet, it's totally relevant. It is it is our story. Mm -hmm. So one must have to learn to, to do something inside of that. And the only thing you can do is look after your inner universe. Like you can only really do the work on yourself and that somehow perpetuates in music and song. You'll go and do a gig and someone will connect with you because you know, you your your energy that you're beaming out is clear and it's pure and it's true. It's true nature. You know, you're just completely being a hundred percent inside of, you know, your your true self. Not trying to do this, not trying to be that, but just true. And so I think in that way, I think the any advice I would give to anybody that was going through a really dark stage is just please even if you have to seek help to go and you know get yourself clean just just to even to do it for six months just to find you know um, just to actually have that experience of feeling clean because um, contrasting effects you won't ever know unless you do it and then if, once you do it you'll you'll be able to make a choice on well which side do I feel which way do I feel better you know and that's you know I'm not I'm not uh, you know, I'm not trying to preach or anything like that. No, I, I asked you the question. Yeah. You're you're doing you're, it's fantastic. I, I <clears throat> a couple of things came up. I mean, in my mind, uh, when I started my show, uh, a lot of people. Thank God you did, Jake. I love your show. You're amazing. Can oh, I say bless that? you, friend. Sorry. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm not sorry. But... <laughs> no, it's just, you can you can you can you can compliment me. No, I mean, I, when when I started, I was I didn't have my voice. I could I was interviewing some. I I, I had found my niche, but I, I I can listen back to those shows and I can hear how insecure I was and I wanted to ask mm -hmm. questions, but I couldn't get them out. And and then during that time, like, people closest to me. The mother of my children, the and my parents, uh, a lot of my friends, they'd say, oh, or friends that I had for a long time, they would, they didn't understand what I was doing. And I, you know, in my own way, what you just said, and, and you said it honestly, mm -hmm. I love your show. I knew what I was trying mm -hmm. to do, but I was so insecure that I was mad that people didn't understand it or respect it. I, I was taking it personally. And then over time... You know, when you start to get to a level where you start to become, um, 
you know, you find your voice, you can just sit and you can do, you know that every day you're going to do something inspiring and it's going to heal and it's going to be different every time and your tentacles mm-hmm. are way, anyway, you stop having to worry about projecting out that insecurity. And then mm-hmm. sure enough, after 10 years and now mm-hmm. my first three books that came out, you know, I don't, people now mm-hmm. can see it and they'll say, uh, like my friends will, old friends will say, man, I don't know what you're doing, but just keep doing it. You know, like it's, it, 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 <laughs> yeah. and, and, and so, so, and then obviously there's people like yourself and, and many others that it's astounding and inspiring that, you know, cause clearly I'm, I'm off the grid, but I just, you know, what I wanted to ask you about is the people closest to you. Uh, do they, have you, have they, have you reached a point in your career and life where they may look at Carla Werner and say, boy, you know, she really goes to the beat of her own drum. And I really don't necessarily understand, um, you know, her muse, but I respect her. Do you feel like you've gotten to that point with the people in your life that you're closest to? Oh yeah. And I, and, and I've actually been very, very fortunate to have that my whole entire life. Well, that's beautiful. Regardless of, yeah, it is beautiful. That, that's I freaking really, amazing. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you would say that, 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 that you probably are your, your hardest critic. Oh yeah. yeah. Because if you, I mean, <laughs> you, we, we grew up in a similar if you grew up in an unconditional love uh, yeah. environment, then yeah, um, that was that. that yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. so how I mean, how have you learned to love yourself? Oh well, that's the biggest. Because work I, I, I mean, there, I want to I want to just tell you right now, you I I actually do it uh, to the extreme other side. I am I don't want to say selfish, but I have a lot of self love, and I want to make sure. Mm-hmm. It's not as easy as a swish, but I, I really want you to let go of all this stuff and and really, um, like, it, there's no reason to beat yourself up at all. I, I mean, I've, I've gone through some things in my life that have been testaments to my outside of my own physical being, like just like my 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 daughters, like being able to see mm-hmm. potentially what you're able to create in in this life. Mm-hmm. That's then you must have some self worth, but I really will send you all the vibes that I can to, um, to, uh, not that you, uh, hate yourself, but I don't want you to keep beating yourself up over absolutely, uh, like you said, the wiring can get pretty set in the brain Mm, mm. and I'm really encouraging you, imploring you to not put pressure on yourself, but really spoil yourself and, and love yourself because, um, it, it's just not um it it's it, your spiritual energy you cannot waste any spiritual energy on that you know no no definitely not no i i've def- i feel like i've come through that you know i thought that you know oh well i know that giving myself a break and cleaning my system up you know and and right and right and and actually what it is is actually having the courage to turn around and face your, face your inner demons and chopping the heads off them one by one, <laughs> you know, however many there are, because you're in a, a, a natural state to do so. You know, we're born in these beautiful natural states, you know, w- without addictions. I mean, you know, we, we've probably got abilities in our DNA, mm-hmm. you know, regardless. But so 
you know, my, my greatest gift that I ever gave to myself was just, um, you know, you have that dark night of the soul where everything, you, it, it's, it's the most hardest point, but it's the most incredible gift because it allows you to really open up, you know, your soul from the inside no, you, out. No, you say, what, what, it what it is, is it, you, you're just channeling one of my mentors, uh, is a guitarist, Pat Martino here in the, in the States. He, he's, um, mm -hmm be too long to go into even the cliff notes version of this amazing spiritual musician. But he, I mean, at a certain point in his, he was really one of the best, he was in the top five best guitarists in the world. And I mean, just in general, like wow. uh, in the seventies and he kept having these headaches and he, um, at mm -hmm. the time they just assumed he was depressed or, you know, and they put him in ch uh, uh, locked wards and they gave him electric shock therapy and all oh, the while he's wow. he's making albums on Warner Brothers and I mean the heaviest jazz and just just mm -hmm. really burning music and his head's about to explode and he goes to the hospital in <laughs> 1980 and the doctor says um, we need to operate on you right now because you have a tumor the size of a pear behind your ear so the oh, whole wow. so so when he got out of the when he got out of the excuse me for telling the story but when he got out of the coma no I love it. Uh, you know, he, he came out of the procedure and he opened his eyes and there were people that were standing over him. And again, this is a fully mature adult uh, mm -hmm. who's already, you know, received uh, tremendous accolades for his in his in his career and craft. And um, he didn't recognize anybody. And it was his parents. And then oh, he didn't. Wow. So all of his memory of before was gone. Wow. The record, wow. the records on the walls, the guitars on the walls. So he went into this insane state of, of, I don't know what the right, rage, anger. I mean, he, uh -huh. okay. And then he yeah. realized, but this is what you've been saying this whole time that is so, mm. that resonates with me. He said, the best place to be is at the bottom mm. of the pit because mm -hmm. that's when realism is activated. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what he said, he goes, what am I going to do? Am I going to pour my energy, spiritual energy into hiring lawyers to sue all those people that put me in locked wards and electric shock therapy. I mean, the, you know, how is that going to help me? Or mm -hmm. do I go back and slowly but surely, what are my intentions to relearn my apparatus? And sure enough, seven years after <laughs> 19, wow. now he, I say this now, he, in 87, he got his, he, uh, there's a documentary out on him that you should check out. It's incredible. Amazing. And, uh, I will. Because wow. it's, it's like he knew Joe, he knew Joe Pesci when Joe oh. Pesci was a, was a doo-wop singer. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, and so there's this, and then Pesci saw him. I mean, the point is he had no memory, you know, yeah, he had none yeah. of this. And then, <laughs> and then seven wow. years later he comes back and he up till I pray for Pat today because, uh, mm. I know he is not in great health right now and has not been able to play music in a couple of years, but I just say, that's in my first book, one of the excerpts that he said where he goes, the best place to be mm. is at the bottom of the pit because that's mm. when realism is activated. But mm. it's all predicated on what you talked about is, mm -hmm. you know, what, how are you going to handle, mm -hmm. are you going to freeze up at the bottom of the pit mm -hmm. or are you going mm -hmm. to say, well, yeah. there's nowhere to go but up. Yeah, that's right. And right. then you just make the decisions based on whatever it is you're going through. You reach out and get help if you need to. You know, I'm just a stoic ass, though. You know, I do a lot of things on my own. I'm a pretty independent that's person. That's cool. You know, yeah. I seldom ask other people for things, you know. And But, yeah, it is. And you know what? I'll tell you, Jake, I think 
I think the dark night of the soul keeps coming. Like it does come, you know. There's, Absolutely. There's different, you know, and it's it's a constant. You know, it's not you can't just get to a plateau and go, yeah, I made it. You know, I <laughs> I have overcome the biggest challenge. You do not know what life is going to throw at you. You know, or it definitely feels like we're in some sort of spirit school. How we deal with, you know. So that's why I always come back to core, and I go, okay. Check nutrition, check sleep, check yoga. Am I meditating? Doing my music? Am I walking my talk? You know, where are my values at? Am I am I honouring those? Am I good to people? Am I helping where I can? You know, and and that kind of brings you back to the central part of it, which I think is it's how you choose to deal with what's coming up in your life for you at that time, and you know, and um. And a lot of it is just, you know, correcting your inner turmoil yourself so that that permeates. I mean, even with you, with your show, um, you know, you're right in the seat of your very truth, you know, and and that's exactly where you are, where you can be. We can only take responsibility for ourselves, you right. know. Um, and so if my ocean inside is calm, somewhat calm, you know, maybe on days it won't be, but somewhat calm enough to affect those around me, that's the power, you know. That's where the power is. It's not. Um, it's the it's right, not in yeah. trying. It's not in trying to correct others. It's not in any of exactly. that. It's like you know, sort yourself out first. Get your own garden growing in a nice, healthful kind of way, and then you're in a position to actually influence those around you, and uh, to maybe do the same without preaching, you know. But you you follow by example, and I think that that's it. You know, it's never it's never going to be easy. It's never going to be tough it's just going to be constant all the time like it's just this movement you know but I think the, the more you work on your stability of uh, spiritual strength that to me is sort of a grounding place to be you know and you stay connected to source and the reality of the situation is we are you know spirits in a material world I have to mention Benjamin Ziff Benaya, he actually did a dub version of spirits in the material world by police and that is just incredible. Everything that your radio station, everything your podcast is based on now and who you speak to and what you actually speak about. Right. Um, you know, he, he, he translates that in the most prophetic way uh, in, in that version of the police song. Yeah, please, so, send, please, send that, please send that to me at some point. I'd love to hear that. Oh, absolutely. It's incredible. He's a great poet. Um, you know, this is the other yeah, thing. I'll this is that. really important um, because you are fiercely individual, you know, you, you don't like to ask for help. Um, and you're, you monitor. It's not always good. <laughs> well, no, this is, this is, so this is what I want to ask you, uh, because you talk about, you know, doing the, my, the self check about all these yeah. things. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're a music, you're a healer on several levels and you have developed what I call very righteous sea of chi inside of you. And, you know, I, um, I want to ask you, or I want you to talk to people. I see a lot of people who take a very, um, a, a, a route of, of solitude and to the point where they, they, they close their heart. And I want to know how you keep your heart open to receiving authentic love from people. God, I love that. I love, I love that. Because I mean, all I care about, all I care about is making sure you're, all I want to do is have your heart 
break open, you know, because that is, <laughs> it's important that like, um, because you, you talk about all the things that you have control over your met your meditation practice, your mm-hmm. exercise, diet, music, all that stuff. But at the same time, mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's people coming at you all the time. So there's not always authentic love, but I want, I want to know if you, if your heart is still open to receiving authentic love. Hell yeah, always. Good. Probably hell yeah is not the, uh, <laughs> not the right answer. No, it's just fine. I mean, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh, oh my gosh, yes. You know, yes, I, I've always been, my heart's always been very open. I mean, you know, I look at the relationships I've had with certain males in my life, you know, that, you know, other people... Uh, other friends of mine would never, you know, I, I see diamonds in people, yeah. you know, and I really enjoy that human connection and, and love to be able to tap into love on different levels, absolutely. But I was just talking to my mum the other day about my dog, <laughs> um, about having animals around, you know, and, and, and my dog came to me a couple of years ago and he's a rescue and uh, he keeps my heart open. You know, like he keeps my heart open. He helps keep my heart open. Um, animals, you know, have a very interesting way of um, of doing that. You know, and they keep the heart soft. And but Pima Chodron is somebody that I love reading and uh, I love listening to uh, her audio books. And she always says, you know, when you get to the edges of your life and you're sitting there and you're tense as heck and your fists are all pumped and you're like scared out of your wits and something major is going on in your life she's like just soften just keep your heart open just let let it go just soften in those hard moments mm. you know and and um i really resonate with that you know but you know i i i love love jake I, good I believe no i mean that's that, really you know, i mean it's really point. it's beautiful i i i i can feel that i just um your advice to people is to when they're feeling incredibly, uh, I don't know, protective, that your advice would be to mm. them to, I mean, how do you relax yourself in, from that tension? You know, uh, how do you give yourself permission to soften? Uh, uh, yeah, you let other people in. You know, that's a mm. hard thing. That, Like I said, a fiercely independent person who does a lot of stuff on their own. Fiercely independent, actually, yeah. Yeah, you know, but... And so being able to do that actually helps release a lot because, uh, you know, just even it's um, alleviating just like asking for help or like just saying, hey, you know, I'm going through this really tough time. And, you know, crying is beautiful. It's such a great release. And um, But then, you know, exercise, you know, I mean, that really has a, a profound effect. I swim. I do a lot of laps, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um you know, and I get into nature as much as I can to to kind of you know get that connection too. Um, yeah, there's nothing like there's nothing like watching like just sitting there and no. watching trees yeah. going yeah like just oh. floating in the wind. Um, it's like it's just oh, like it's you know it's just totally natural. I mean, um, I'm doing that right now actually. I mean, how it's cold is the water? You're you have a heated pool. Is it's free? It's cold. Yeah. Is it cold? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's actually no. I mean, we're we're kind of coming into the warmer months now. Oh. We're heading into a summer down here. Um, and so I go to uh, a proper facility like that has got a bit of a heated pool, which is you know. But I mean, look, you feel incredible after you work out. You know, and the body needs it. The brain needs it. You know. 
um, and, and, and good food, you know. I mean, like sometimes when you're in a slump, I know in the past if I've been in a slump and I'm just feeling like, oh, I'm so feel depressed today or whatever it is that, that's going right. on. And the minute you take yourself out of that uh, that brain freeze and that that way of, you know, just being and, and that numbness and you go and you actually do something completely opposite by throwing your body into action and going and exercising or you know, making music or whatever, you change, you alter the perception of the brain. So then it actually elevates your mood, you know, so. Um, yeah, like what we're doing right now. I mean, this is exactly yeah. why, you know, this is. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's, it's, yeah, it's so great. It feels like a great meditation, like a good little healing session. You know, I feel <laughs> like you're fueling my soul. I'm talking yeah. about stuff that I really love to talk about, you know, which is connecting to true spirit. Actually, I. I've just finished writing and mixing and recording and producing a new record for Native Soul Project, and the album's called True Nature. And mm, a lot of the name, content, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called. <laughs> so it's funny because in that interview that you were um, you were doing the other oh with Brom Dev, I love doing that. Everything. All I'm saying yeah. is like I just want to say I don't I just reached out to him randomly. Amazing. It's all serendipity. That was it's not like I even know I don't. <laughs> that's just oh, the magic art. Yeah. So anyway, the true. Oh, it's, yeah. it was magical. Yes. And yeah. so in the first five minutes of that part, like that interview, every almost every single word that you had said was either a title uh, or a lyric <laughs> on my new album. I couldn't believe that. No, because I, yeah, I, I mean, like, that, what uh, is this guy doing? Yeah, no, I mean, me? I, I, well, I, you know, I, I give all praise to, you know, I'm a Dow. I received the Dow, and that oh, nice. uh, cha changed my life. It's a way of life. It's not a religion. It's mm. uh, mm -hmm. so I'm when I I don't even know what I don't listen back to any of my interviews. So the fact that the that you know I knew I just know mm. the you know because that's what people say. You know, even at a concert, you know this. They, they mm. the people. They'll, they'll never remember what you said, but they'll remember how they felt, you know? And felt, that, and that's they, right. I never feel. listen back to my albums either. Once I just let them go, you know? I mean, you know, in some cases you're listening to Joni Mitchell or, you know, some really mm -hmm. heavy, you, you can't stop listening because it's such great tunes. But at the oh, same time, when it comes so to myself, good. and that's mm -hmm. the two things I want, I want to finish part one with you on is, um, yeah, you know, you talk about... Um, mastery or getting to some point where you're like oh i'm over the hump or i've made it or you know huh. and the it's thing just another one coming <laughs> well i you know i think I, I i'm working on a book with a, a drummer from new orleans uh one of the really unheralded cats this guy named johnny vidakovich he's a fantastic cat and oh. what a character and uh yeah. you know he said <laughs> there are times when you know he goes the minute that you start to wallow in your uh -huh. in uh -huh. your greatness is uh, the day that uh -huh. you stop growing. So I think uh -huh. to me, um, the, the measure of success is just making, like you said, in the, in the, in the daily grind, can you mm -hmm. find ways when you are in a slump to make little movements forward in progress, you know, spiritually, just even, and, and musically too. Are you, can, are you growing little by little? Because mm -hmm. the minute that you start to get to a point on the mm -hmm. bandstand, and Johnny will talk about it with the, with the musicians he plays with, guys are really not carrying their load. So he'll throw in a ghost note on the drums or he'll speed up the beat or he'll let them know that they're mm -hmm. not giving their all. They're wallowing mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. in their greatness and, and, and they're going to know My that God. he knows 
and you know they better eat it and step up so mm-hmm. i think the goal is slow steady incremental yeah. growth and i and i and i ask you this cuz you've talked about source mm-hmm. you know i can feel inside of you that um I mean, we all have it, but you know, if depending on how you were raised or the way society, you mm. know, uh, the way society uh, views it is that you know, <clears throat> in monotheistic religions, you go to an imam or a, a temple or a church, and then there's this figurehead who is supposedly this you know messenger of from or of information from the divine mm-hmm. to the parishioners. When in fact, um, God is inside all of us, absolutely, and you have a very yeah. strong God inside of you. So, um, I wonder about when you connect to Source. It's more about connecting inside of you. Well, yeah, I mean, yes, because I am Source, and you are too, and yes. everything I see, and we're all made up of the same thing, you know, scientifically, you know, and. I don't know how much more proof we need of connecting Well, the idea us, but... is that a lot of people would look outside of themselves for some kind mm-hmm. of... And you see that in yogic practices. There's a crisis now because you have all these people that get deified, they abuse mm-hmm. their power, and then they're banished oh, yeah. from... You know, so oh, yeah. the idea is, you know, I guess, when did you, if you ever did, I mean, when did you realize that you had your own, that you were source, yeah. and that and that and that it wasn't about deifying other people i i because what i say is this like if people i don't like to hear about spiritual gurus who abuse their power but i also say Mm. that people that are involved with them who believe that one person is capable of getting them to a certain level of enlightenment and they're putting Mm. all their eggs in that basket it's on them too because they're not thinking critically and they're not using the source with inside of them so I, i mean how have you learned to use the God within you to raise your levels of consciousness? Um, well, firstly, just to go back to something that you said, I, I've i never really seen, I, I feel like I have healing qualities, but I'll never call myself a healer. And I'll never feel or say that I'm enlightened, you know, because I'm certainly not that at all. Right, of course. And, we are all you know, learning. We are all learning. I'm just saying, like, I can yeah, tell. Yeah, I can, yeah, I can tell, all yeah. But, I mean, yeah. this, this last hour you've demonstrated a capacity yeah. to, I mean, and, and quite, yeah. quite honestly, in your best state on the bandstand, I think you heal people. So, yes, I think so. Music is very healing and I play from my heart. So I would understand how that translates into, and I would hope that people receive that, you know, that pure, that pure energetic mm. transaction, you know, between humans that keeps us connected and grounded. That's why we love music so much. Absolutely. You know? um, uh, and, and that's right. I think that, to look outside of oneself, um, you know, or to go to, you know, a yogic guru or, you know, a sadhu or, or anyone that you, you, you know, just to revere. I think, I think there's a, it's a good thing to have faith in something, um, but, but I, I've always known from a very young age, I think, and I, I feel like having the advantage of having grown up on such large acreage in being, um, you know, in touch and in tune with trees and water and, you know, animals and horses and just, you know, a loving family that we didn't have a lot of money, 
but you know there was always that unconditional love ah. those were great grounds for mm. me to actually you know foundations huge but i feel like it came from a past life to be honest i feel like you know i do believe in reincarnation mm -hmm. and i do believe that we are traveling through to you know grow our spirits and um that somehow i feel kind of pulled towards that inclination to clean it up and be as good and kind and true as I possibly can and every day is a freaking challenge you know you, you get to one mountain and you get over it and there's another one to go you know and I think it always goes like that you know it's this constant so holding oneself inside of a, an enormous sea is a challenge and I believe that's why we're here you know I don't think it's supposed to be it's not easy oh my god being a human being in this life right now is not easy I don't think it ever has been maybe it has been for some people and that's great I'm happy for them <laughs> Man, I don't <laughs> know if they're really yeah I mean that, the thing is it's it's if you're if you're I remember uh, uh, Alice Coltrane said to uh, John McLaughlin you know basically uh -huh. you know she said uh, at least the journey of a of of a spiritual path is is how much are you willing to suffer for love i mean if you're really tapped into this life and you're not in mm -hmm. some delusional reality then then you feel the burn and that mm -hmm. the meditation mm -hmm. that we go through whatever it is is meditation could be playing conga drums it could be talking mm -hmm. to you it could be whatever mm -hmm. You know, even if it's a, it may not be the best meditation in the world, but that doesn't mean mm. it's a bad thing. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even when you get up on stage and you just like, you know, you you give it all up and you just you just let it all out and you you release and you come off and feel freaking incredible mm. and you feel amazing. Uh, that feeling subsides too. It does. You know. Well, yeah. and then also, it's, and then the other flip side is that uh, you know you talk to. <laughs> the, the the flip side is you know you you come off the stage. This is the other part that actually is even more important. I think is that, um, you know, you come up, you're 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 talking iconic band of some sort, and and you know you know, um, you know maybe everybody had a little too much to drink that night, or it just didn't mesh very mm -hmm. well, and you guys basically sucked, and uh, mm -hmm. and then and then you have these fans, fanatics coming up and saying, oh "My mm -hmm. God, that was the best show ever," and <laughs> and instead of like instead of, you know being like get out of my face because you know you suck yeah. you just said you know what like I, like it's none of my damn business what, business yeah you know so like what they let so the, if they're getting off on it then yeah okay you know but i i just think that that like getting out of your own way like you started with our conversation there you go like getting out of your own way exactly that like yeah and I'm who are you to judge like that. don't you know yeah. if you know and look at yeah. it and say well maybe we we really off the rails but you know what like someone walked away inspired and healed. So I guess I, d yeah. I did my job. And I think that that's, um, yeah. I think that that's the goal. And I, you know, so, I mean, we should definitely do part two because we, we didn't really, you know, touch on the, on, on music a lot, but I, I knew that, 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 um, you know, I just know you're, you're somebody who, um, yeah, through past lives, uh, and through this mm -hmm. life, you have, been able to access your multidimensional self and and those people who supposedly have an easy life i think most likely have stayed very sheltered mm -hmm. in one place mm -hmm. and possibly very possibly are living in an alternate reality mm -hmm. and hopefully mm -hmm. they don't have that much power to 
to do too much damage to mm. I guess that's all I, I say as a as a mantra now to you and to the world is I just hope at least in this country that uh, in the in the coming days and months weeks that um, no that no innocent lives are are, are taken from us uh, I, I worry mm-hmm. greatly about um, mm-hmm. violence and um, you know we're, we're, we're watching we are witnessing some dystopic times here so I I, oh, yeah. I really mm-hmm. um, that's my prayer and mm-hmm. connecting with with people like yourself um, just grounds me even more so mm-hmm. um, yeah I, I'm very humbled to connect with you my friend me too thank you so much Jake it's just beautiful you know I just in parting, I think what's helped me through two uh, two keys have helped me mm. through yes. is compassion for my fellow man, even when it's very very difficult to to find it. You know, particularly when it's you know racial or it, racial violence, or if it's um, you know whatever whatever it is. There's so many things. Uh, you know, and and gratitude just to be alive and just for this experience. You know, oh. like and you know, to, just for the, for the things that you do have, you know, just showing great gratitude and, and compassion is, is – it's hard at times to conjure, but um, – Well, let me tell you, the new moniker, the new phrase for you is gratitude is the, <laughs> is the attitude. And, <laughs> and also, and also uh, you know, you don't – what you don't recognize is when you can summon up that grace even when you're not feeling mm. like it. Mm. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that creates that, that, incredible dharma and karma for yeah. you um, mm-hmm. down the road. So even though you're like, why am I being so upstanding? At, because you're tr- <laughs> it's your true nature, and mm-hmm. that kind of grace will increase your aura. So um, oh, many thank bl- you. The ma- ego, the ego goes. God damn it! <laughs> that's right. Like you know exactly. And 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 but yeah, I mean, I I I you know I I know I I know that. People that will listen to this interview uh, long after we've left this planet, um, mm-hmm. if it if it inspires or touches one person, then mm-hmm. we've then we've done our job. So, and okay. it was all you. So well done. It was all you. Thanks, Jake. All right, my friend. We'll do it again. Beautiful. Yes, let's do. Uh, have a beautiful day over there, and we'll speak. We'll Real speak. soon, Carla. Much love to you. Okay. Yeah. You too, Jake. All right, later Thank on. You. Bye. 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 Well, just another day here on the Jake Feinberg Show, and we'll be back on Friday. Thanks to Jim Parisi. This is Power Talk.